0: Welcome to Agriculture In-Depth, presented by Kimball Livestock Exchange and by Sioux Nation in Fort Pier. I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra. My guest is South Dakota U.S. Representative Dusty Johnson. We'll hear from him after this.
1: Cattlemen, when you're looking to buy and sell cattle, look no further than Kimball Livestock Exchange in Kimball, South Dakota. At Kimball Livestock Exchange, you'll find cattlemen working for cattlemen with a sale every Tuesday. If you can't make it to the barn, you can watch the sale live on CattleUSA. Visit KimballLivestockExchange.com to view upcoming sale information. For more sale information or to consign, call the barn at 605-778-6211, chat at 605-870-0697, or wade at 605-730-1801.
0: From the census of agriculture to local meat processing capacity to the next federal farm bill, United States senators and representatives will be working through a variety of agriculture-focused topics this year. South Dakota Congressman Dusty Johnson says the Butcher Block Act is one of those topics.
2: We don't have enough processing capacity in the protein arena outside of the big four packers. And that's part of the reason that that prices have not been, by and large, where we want them for the last few years. Um, and if, if, frankly, a free market, I'm a big believer in it, but it's many buyers and many sellers. We don't have uh, many buyers uh, at the meat processing level. we got four big boys who control about 80 or 85 percent of the market. So but the Butcher Block Act, my bill would do, is uh, provide new resources is to expand processing capacity outside of the Big Four. If we can get about 6,000 head a day more of processing capacity across the country, we're going to have an equilibrium where I think we're going to have uh, a lot more balance between, uh, and, and frankly it's going to be better for producers and consumers. So we, I was able to pass it out of the House last Congress. We worked with the White House to get it implemented uh, administratively. So those dollars are already flowing out. They are helping uh, communities. They are building capacity. And I wouldn't surprise me at all if we have a couple of pretty big announcements that would help South Dakota here in the weeks to come. Uh, We just uh, it would be good to pass uh, our bill into law. It's passed the House, but not the Senate. Right now we have the White House uh, putting my ideas into effect. It'd be good to get into law, too, so that uh, we wouldn't have, you know, President Biden or some future president roll back this progress we've made
0: waters of the u.s uh, we hoped it was done and over and uh, that is now back again a concern for our farmers and and how water is managed at the federal level what do we do
2: so the President Obama decided to change the the definition of what waters the federal government had jurisdiction over and, and it, it it you know he basically made it so that almost any wet spot in any farmers field was the federal government's duty and it was way way too broad thank goodness when Donald Trump came into place he rolled back those proposed rules. They were never really fully in effect in the Obama administration. They'd been held up in the courts and other things. But now we've got Joe Biden who basically wants to put into place the, the Barack Obama era definition of what are waters of the United States. To me it's real clear. I mean, clearly if you got a navigable, if you got a meandering stream, we do care what you're doing to that water. And, and there is a, an appropriate role of the federal government to help manage the Missouri River, of course. But if we're talking about some sort of a lower spot in a farmer's field, that I don't think anybody uh, should think that that's the the business of the federal government. Obviously, if somebody's doing something nefarious, if they're dumping toxic chemicals, there are other parts of the law that deal with that. But I don't think we want uh, the federal government to have jurisdiction over uh, every bit of water across the entire country. That's overreach.
0: Is this maybe coming about with the administration's focus on climate change and Some of the areas of the the U.S. that are extremely dry and they're having trouble struggling with getting water sources is some of this kind of getting mixed up in an attempt to try and find more water or get water flowing in those areas that are severely drought or these two totally separate things.
2: Totally separate. I mean, when you talk about I mean, the Trump era waters of the U.S., of course, gives the federal government jurisdiction over the kinds of major bodies of water that you would pull water from, you know. Nobody's taken water from, you know, a small, you know, a slough on somebody's field, right? You're taking water from, you know, the Colorado and the Missouri and the Mississippi and, and aquifers. And those are already federal jurisdictional. I think one problem we've got to have that, that we need to acknowledge is that we've let the regulatory state in this country just get way too big. And that's not just me saying it. The same kind of project that takes two years to get cited in Italy or France takes five years uh, between five and seven years to get cited in this country it, it is slowing down american progress it's slowing down american investment uh, people complain about bureaucracy in italy and france clearly but i gotta tell you we through all the regulatory overreach we make it a lot harder to do things in this country than it should be safety in your cattle
1: operation is imperative to not only you but your cattle as well from front to back from tube to chute, Aeroquip cattle chutes go through extensive testing to ensure reliability and safety. With an extremely user-friendly design, you're in for a smooth operation every time. Aeroquip cattle chutes are the safe equipment you can trust every step of the way. That's one benefit, but not all. For more information, see Sioux Nation in Fort Pierre, South Dakota
0: kind of circling back to the cattle and beef and protein supply cattle contract library pilot program mm-hmm. uh, been open for just a real little bit now uh, are you hearing any feedback yet any thoughts any hey we need to maybe fix this glitch that sort of thing
2: yeah, so i passed uh, my bill the cattle contract library out of congress last year what it did is make it clear that we want uh, the the packers to make available to the public the information on what they're paying for cattle. Not just at the sale barn, that information has always been public, but also what they're spending on on the alternative marketing agreements that are out there. And uh, USDA uh, was able to launch a pilot program. They have that data up. Uh, people are saying some pretty good things about the data, but I want to make clear, it's not a silver bullet. I mean, this is one step in the right direction. Uh, I, I don't know that everyday producers are are going to, on a daily or weekly basis, find that information all that helpful to them. I think for those of us that are trying to figure out what next do we do to make the cattle markets more of a free and fair market, we'll be able to use some of that data from the packers to try to decide, you know, where are the real problems and and what do we need to do to address them.
0: And often uh, getting the product from producer to packer and then to consumer, logistics, transportation, the Ship It Act, where are we at with that? How are we seeing some talk? some results, some ideas coming from there?
2: Yeah, I've kind of turned into Mr. Supply Chain in Congress. Last year, I worked with John Garamendi of California. We got passed into law the Ocean Shipping Reform Act. People wondered why I was so interested in ports, but 60% of South Dakota soybeans are sold overseas, along with a tremendous amount of great South Dakota beef, uh, corn, dairy. And so we absolutely, we had ports that were broken. We had foreign-flagged ocean carriers that were not trading us well. My Ocean Shipping Reform Act got the port back in line. Now the weak link in the supply chain is trucking. And the SHIP-IT Act that I'm doing with Jim Costa is an attempt to, to deal with some of those deficiencies. A lot of fans of the SHIP-IT Act, a lot of bipartisan support. I think there's a pretty good chance we're going to get this one done, too.
0: As far as trucking and agriculture, labor force, and a lot of that can be migrant labor. And there's definitely a, a ball getting thrown back and forth there. on How to do that, where to find that labor force? Are we making it a little easier yet for folks to come up here and work if they'd like?
2: It's clearly way too easy to get into this country illegally and too hard to get here legally. And so at some point, Congress has got to step up and deal with this. Uh, it, it, two million people coming across the southern border illegally is indefensible. Uh, and and we do know that legal immigration, when done properly, can be a tremendous blessing to this country. It's been the secret sauce that has added to American competitiveness for more than 200 years. And we do need uh, we do need some reforms to that system. But listen, until we get the southern border secure, it's just politically we're, we're not going to get any of the, uh, the the reforms that people are suggesting done to work visas or legal immigration or anything else.
0: With Agriculture In-Depth brought to you by Sioux Nation and Fort Pierre and by Kimball Livestock Ext- Exchange. I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra.